An Irish and a Mexican are both named John. This is spoilers. That makes me so happy. I'm going to start beating the shit out of you in the next five seconds. And you're going to swallow a lot of blood for a fucking billfold. (laughs) Why does that make you so happy? Because I like how things relate back to movies we've already reviewed. How how does that relate back to those who haven't listened before? Duck, you sucker. Kind of the big reveal is that it's Juan and John and they're opposites, but yet, you know, they're really the same. Really the same person. Never saw it. Heard it sucked. Dude, Duck, you sucker was one of the worst movies we've ever done. Didn't you guys do Jeepers Creepers last year? That's a good movie, dude. (laughs) <laughs> Jeepers Creepers is a classic Jeepers Creepers is the quintessential Halloween classic I'll have you know We just have different definitions of classic I guess and That's fine That's true I'm more, I'm, more, I'm more mature than you so. Young guns But uh, <laughs> I am your host Stevie And uh, today we are spoiling the Liam Neeson classic 2011's The Grey uh, why don't we go ahead and go down the table and introduce ourselves and uh, have you guys seen anything new or maybe that's old that's new to you that's worth a note Mikey let's start with you uh yeah Mikey I'm recording from Elkhart Indiana um have I seen anything new uh I rewatched Baby Driver and Spider-Man Homecoming uh, I don't know. We've talked about both of those movies, but I haven't seen anything new in theaters. I think the only thing that came out this week was like Orient Express, and I didn't want to waste time. I heard time that movie's terrible. That, so, yeah, I haven't seen it. I mean, Justice League is coming up next Ooh. week, so I'll stay tuned. That's a stay tuned. <laughs> that movie's going to be terrible. Josh, what's up? Hey, this is Josh out of Goshen. Um, I I have been watching the new Stranger Things season. I'm a little behind on it, obviously, but um, I've avoided spoilers so far. Um, I like it so far, too. So You haven't finished it? Um, yeah, the thing is, I kind of stopped watching a little bit this week because I was watching this movie, The Grey, and I didn't really, like, it's kind of a lot of heaviness, so I just started watching Friends <laughs> after I watched after I watched The Gray. <laughs> this is a really bleak movie. You're right; you don't really go back to anything that's darker. But how do you like Rudy so far in Stranger Things? Uh, isn't his career so weird, you guys? He's like Rudy, and he's Sam. Fr- Sam and, like, fucking wise. <laughs> <laughs> he's got like four roles ever and he kind of plays the same guy but his casting scene, like I think he's doing a really good job so far spoiler alert he, would you say a, he's had a good career would you say it's a I good career I think it's an career? amazing career I would say it's a unique career he's in like the greatest sports movie of all time yeah, he's in the just... greatest trilogy of all time and he's on an amazing show what are you trying to say Mikey I don't know there's just I don't. There's just something about it. It's like everybody still gives him shit. I don't. I mean, I think he's done good work. I like all of those movies and stuff, but I don't know. He just still kind of seems like a joke, Sean Astin. I don't know why. <laughs> I would love to have him on the pod. That'd be amazing. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! I totally just lost my train of thought. Thought there. Oh, Josh. A spoiler alert. There's a scene later in the season. 
where Sean Aston no. run, he runs a legit four four forty, and it's awesome. <laughs> like it's from all his training, dude. He gets that he gets that Rudy speed back. It's like whoa, where's this guy been? All three hundred pounds of him just moving down a hallway. Anyway, um, <laughs> he's not that big, dude. He's pretty large in Stranger Things. He's an easy like he's an easy two twenty two forty, and he's not that tall. All right. Yeah, he's pretty big friend of the size. pod, Stevie. All right, I know. I know. I'm just saying it's not a bad thing as long as he's happy. I'm happy. Um, back. <laughs> let's start off with the gray, which Josh has uh, said it's one of the heaviest movies he's ever seen. Uh, Josh, how does this movie start out? Poorly. I guess. Poorly? Um, why? Yeah, I thought this was one of the weakest. I mean, don't get me wrong. He snipes a wolf, and that's really cool. But I thought they went for, like, way too much of an artful beginning. Why didn't they just start off with, like, a full scene of him sniping, and, like, then the next day they wake up and it's their last day? I, I didn't appreciate the montage. Did you like it, Stevie? I did when it came full circle when you realize he's writing a suicide note. Yeah, I did wonder, like, how are they going to explain him just talking this whole time? Yeah, I mean, um, it kind of includes, like, you get, like, a really great idea for where he is, his surroundings, not really a lot of his backstory, but kind of where he's mentally at before this movie really takes off. I didn't, it does do it does do a good job of setting things up. I admit that. But I, I thought it was boring, except for when he sniped the wolf. I, I was confused and just kind of bored. Oh man, I loved it. it. Drew me into the story right away. I thought awesome music. The soundtrack in this movie is really good. And plus, you get to see a, like a big bar fight on a single take as he's walking through a bar. That's always fun to see. But uh, Mikey, what do you think about the beginning? I don't think it's boring. I mean, it's kind of sad when you realize he is going to commit suicide or whatever. But I guess you don't know his whole backstory and his wife and stuff. But. I don't know. He just seems like a uh, loner character. Before like that terminal illness reveal, like, do you think like when he was saying like before he left me, like, did he seem kind of like an alcoholic? Well, he's down in shots at the bar, right? Yeah. Yeah. I. What did you think about that terminally ill reveal? I mean, did you think the movie needed that? Well, the movie as an overall heart like arc is about a man like running from death, and the beginning of the movie is kind of like he's trying to like pretty much escape life and I think the wolves are kind of a representation of death like itself and before he's about to pull the trigger like the wolves like started howling I think it was a constant reminder and I think he kind of like had this deep down thought he wanted to fight to live and that's why he decided not to so I mean I think like I appreciate the term like the terminally ill wife reveal. I think it brought a little more artfulness to it. I thought that her ambiguously just like leaving him in the past was actually p- pretty strong because he says at the beginning some line like I'm here where I belong at this work site with a bunch of like ex felons and assholes. Ex cons, fugitives, drifters, assholes. Drifters. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I thought it made sense like oh like he's just kind of a jerk that takes work too seriously and so like neglected his wife I thought the reveal at the end was like kind of like the wallet scene a little bit too much like 
feel emotional now? I don't know. Like it was almost a cheap way to draw emotion when I thought the movie was doing a good job outside of that anyway. Like they just wanted to add bleakness Mm -hmm. on top of more bleakness at that point. It's a very bleak movie. There's very little (laughs) joy in this movie. That was like a lot of people's complaints is that it's too introspective, but I enjoyed that part. Yeah. I think it's uh I think it fits well with the story and especially we'll get to the end, but it really builds up to that final scene there. It does, but before we like even it. get to that, um Otway, Liam Neeson's character decides not to kill himself and they're boarding a plane. Where are they where are they going back to Anchorage? I think they're basically going from like the north part of Alaska to like the southern part of Alaska. So they're pretty much in Russia in the beginning, right? Or the Arctic or something. The sunny beaches of Alaska. Yeah. The <laughs> Which this was actually shot in uh, British Columbia. But uh, they get on the plane. The camera well, the way the camera work sets up is like it focuses on characters for a quick second like this is going to be a main character. This is going to be a main character. This is going to be a main character. Flannery, the most annoying of the bunch, who pretty much has no friends amongst amongst these cons and drifters, uh, decides to sit next to Otway and start running his mouth when Otway really says, pretty much says to, tells him to shut the fuck up and leave him alone. But he's a little bit and more gentlemanly about it than that. Yeah, he just kind of does the old, hey, listen, pal, I know you want to speak, but I don't, <laughs> so shut up. Uh... You get right. He's a little more gentlemanly about it. So Flannery decides to move because he got his feelings hurt. And then take off. Otway, being the loner that he is, isn't saying a single word to anybody. They start bumping into turbulence. That's when this is probably the, one of the few parts of the movie that bothered me is like when some characters are just given lines to talk and Flannery starts talking about the plane going down. That, like, that annoy anybody else. A little too on the nose for you. Very on the nose. That's That really <laughs> bothered me. Oh, shit. Is there ice on the wings and this plane is going down? Holy fuck. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, he did the same thing when they, like, when they crashed, too. And he's like, is he dead? Is he dead? <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's ripped in half. But he's he's clearly ripped dead. in half, man. Just <laughs> stop it. That's kind of his character then, right? He's just kind of Mr. Obvious. <laughs> Captain Obvious indeed. Um, they pass by turbulence, lights are off, people are trying to sleep, and that's when, it, did they lose pressure in the cabin? Is that why, like, pretty much it was like the, the plane was freezing, everybody could see their breath? Uh, yeah, I... I don't know how a plane works. But they didn't seem to, like, notice it at first. They're all just kind of sitting there calmly still, breathing out, like, cold mist. Is that what you're talking about, Steve? Yeah. Yeah, because, like, Payne Stewart died that way, legendary golfer. Used to wear knickers all the time. He was a cool dude. Uh, he lost pressure in his cabin. And he died. Uh, but this kind of reminded me of that. And that's when pretty much all chaos ensues. Mikey, do you remember any of the plane crash? I think uh, the plane crash was like the most jarring part of the movie. when I saw it in theaters uh, I thought it was a pretty I mean a plane crash would be like the single most terrifying 
thing to happen to you. And I thought this scene did a really good job. Uh, the plane basically like the wings fly off, the wings break off, and then it doesn't it like split in half. And then yeah, uh, the, and it's, everyone hits the ceiling, and uh, then like the fuselage breaks off, and like nurses are flying out of the ripped open, ripped open like holes. Yeah. And then Awe kind of goes flying through the air. Yeah, did you say nurses? The flight attendants. They're, yeah, sorry. <laughs> the nurses of yeah, the sky. Yeah, nurses. Yeah, sky they nurses. are nurses of the sky. <laughs> but yeah, I thought, it. I mean, right into the show or call, if you have a better plane crash sequence, I think this is the best plane crash sequence in cinema history. What about Lost? I hate Lost. Uh, yeah, but the crane, the... Tr- the crash scene is still pretty cool. Well, I'll keep you company until he does. Don't worry. It's going to be over. I th- yeah, I just, I think this is so cool because, like, essentially it's just chaos immediately. Snow is flying around. Bags are flying left and right. And then uh, pretty much, like the like Mikey said, the plane rips in half. And uh, Liam Neeson got real su- survival about it and buckled himself all the way across the seats. That's the only reason why he lived. Josh, you want to describe what happened post-crash? Yes. Uh, on the way down, like you said, he's buckled across like several times and he loses consciousness and just wakes up in like a flat snow hoth earth. <laughs> and he kind of like goes over this ridge and he sees the remains of the plane. Um, eight people survived. One of them dies like really quickly. And he has like this really bizarre scene where he like tells the guy like, Hey, you're dying now. Settle down because you're dying. And then has this weird speech. That's probably the most memorable part. I mean, he rounds up the cast of characters, so you see like who survived, who's going to be on this like adventure with him, and then the one guy dies, and that's probably the most jarring part. He, he tells him the story like, death isn't that bad, it'll just creep over you, let your good memories lead you in. I can't lose all this blood. This can't be all from outside. You're going to die. That's what's happening. It'll start to feel warm. Nice and warm. Let it move over you. It's all right. Let your thoughts go. All the good things. All the good things. Yeah. Who do you love? I mean, it adds more to Otway's backstory of... I mean, it makes more sense with his dying wife that he's trying to comfort this man as he's dying. And he's just trying to make him, like, the most comfortable as possible... And just trying to make it as like an easy as transition, I guess, is from life to death can be. Mm-hmm. Before he's eaten by wolves. And that's when Flannery's like, oh my god, did he just die? Did he just fucking die? He just fucking died, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is he dead? Is he dead? Holy shit, we gotta get out of here. Is that about when uh, uh, Burke just starts like laughing (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was weird why was he laughing I don't know because hysterical he didn't really play an insane character at all it's pretty calm no 
I mean, even in the bar, he was like the calm one because he wasn't doing anything. But, um, yeah, so that's like when we meet the seven. Is Liam Neeson a part of the seven? Uh, is it Liam Neeson and seven, or is it just the seven? Yeah, I think it's he said, Liam Neeson and six people. Yep, so it's definitely the fellowship of the plane. Yeah, so we have Diaz, the biggest asshole of the group, the opposite, the exact, the pretty much. Boromir. Uh, Boromir. Yeah, pretty much an antagonist. Then we have Dermot Mulroney, who was Talget, uh, Dallas Roberts, who was Henrik, uh, Joe Anderson, who has a bum leg at this point, is Flannery, and uh, Nanzo Anozi from uh, Game of Thrones, before he was locked away forever by Khaleesi as Burke, and uh, oh yeah, Ben Hernandez Bray as no other than Hernandez. <laughs> that is our Fellowship of the Plane. <laughs> So uh, I, I can't let this go any longer. Um, Dirty Steve from Young Guns, all grown up. Did you guys see something? Chicken? Oh God! I didn't even make that connection. Gosh darn Dermot it! Dermot Mul- Mulroney, Dirty Steve from Young Guns, one of his best performances. All right, we can move on. Little Easter egg here. Ridley Scott produced this movie. Um, Mikey, what is the company's name in Alien called? Weymouth? Waymow? It's Wayman? Wayland Utani. Wayland, yeah. Dirty Steve, throughout this whole movie, is wearing a WY hat in the exact colors and shape of Wayland Utani. Oh, what? That's pretty cool. Weird. Yeah. Shared universe. Shared universe <laughs> indeed. That oil company they could be working for is Wayland Utani. Minds blown. And that was spoilers. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, no. But uh, that's just, this part of the movie is when Liam Neeson starts to go into full captain mode, such as <sighs> pretty much find anything that's usable, you know, get more clothes on. Get these bodies over here, search for supplies, yada, yada, yada. Nightfall comes, and Liam Neeson's character, Otway, hears this super creepy, I guess you could say whimpering, and one of the nurses of the sky is leaning (laughs) against a tree. (laughs) She's leaning against a tree, and she's kind of like stuck in some wreckage, and... Yeah, and she's... Make this really creepy sound. Liam Neeson's going over to help, and this is when we meet the alien of the forest. These giant badass black wolves, and Liam Neeson gets immediately attacked. This make anybody else jump? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This made me jump real hard. He's getting bit a thousand times. Looks like no fun. Uh, His comrades come over to help beat the wolves away. And this is when Liam Neeson realizes this is really serious because he starts rattling off wolf facts such as, you know, their den radius as well as their kill radiuses, which ranges from 300 to 30 miles. After talking and telling Diaz to shut the hell up, they realize that they're going to go on two hour night shifts, just kind of watching out for wolves. And Mikey, do you want to describe how Hernandez, our first, uh, our first of the fellowship, dies? Uh, is he? He's the peer. Is he playing? Oh, yeah, he's uh, out there taking a whiz. 
and uh, <laughs> doesn't he get uh, attacked from behind? Dude, immediately. Like right when just, he whips it out. Yeah. Right when he's like, right when full stream going, just uh, a wolf comes out, gets him, I, I would say square in the chest, just going after his stomach, grabbing his arm. Then another wolf comes and gets him square in the jugular. Pretty much rips his head off. This is one of several jump scares in the movie. And before we move on too far, I thought one of the coolest things this movie did was um, when Liam Neeson is like laying down with his wife who has passed away. That made me jump. Yeah, they have these like cool practical effects where they like yank him out of the bed as the plane's going down. And it's super crazy and makes you feel really weird. They do that a good, what, four times throughout the movie? Uh, I think it's only two or three, but... Each time, it's a, it's a jump scare. Yeah, it's pretty effective. It is, and Hernandez, I think, went one of the worst ways. Yeah, with which his is, dick out. In, in sub-zero you temperature... You know his, his dong got bit. Oh, You know easily. that was the first oh. thing they went for. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the first. Oh, man. Um, Hernandez... <clears throat> bef- he dies, but he is in like, I, I think people that are named the same name they are in real life the have best. a tendency to die quick, like Buscemi, Buscemi, and Desperado, and Trejo, 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 yes, and Trejo. <laughs> yeah. Just because the director's like, oh, I couldn't think of a clever name for you. Yeah, you're going to so die anyway. You're going to be you. Yeah. Um, this all happened in nightfall, wake up in the morning, everybody's like, oh shit, there's a giant puddle of blood where Hernandez was, and his intestines are out, <laughs> and his head is gone. This is bad Is news. he okay? <laughs> is he okay? Did that guy just die? <laughs> Did he just fucking die? He just fucking died, didn't he? <laughs> is he dead? Did he just die? But, um... This is when Liam Neeson's like, alright boys, we're gonna get picked off one by one if we stay here. Let's look for the woods, because Lord knows that wolves can't eat eat you in the woods. And so after a bunch of arguing, and I was kind of agreed with Diaz at this point. Did anybody else think the wallet thing was a giant time waster? I, I was thinking about that like just recently. You might as well just take the money, though. Yeah, like, what if, if you, you take the need- wallets, take the... I mean, Josh, how do you feel about robbing the dead? We're not going to rob the dead for swag. Put it back. That also brings up one of my favorite Liam Neeson lines. It's just, it's, it's, I don't know why that part just made me laugh so hard. It's like, yeah, Liam Neeson would say that in real life. I think that it's awesome in this movie that he, because that's his normal accent, right? Like his native accent. His, yeah, he, he's playing an Irishman. And yeah. you don't see that out of him too often. Fuck faith, earn it! Just a hard, mean Irishman. And Frank Grillo is not a small dude. When they showed them like side by side on screen, Liam Neeson just looks huge. Mike, you do remember Frank Grillo from... Um, Winter Soldier, Captain America. Hey, gorilla. Yeah, uh, he's. I think he's a pretty good actor. He's. Uh, he's, he's a really good actor. He's I mean, also in Warrior, so. Yeah. He was uh, like the trainer or something in Warrior. Right. He's a pretty good actor. 
I think he is a good actor. That kind of leads us to our next jump scare because Liam Neeson, he does have a particular set of wolf skills in this movie and he leads them to a line of trees where Hold, him... Are we not going to talk about Flannery's death? <sighs> Let's go back to that in a second because that is like one of my favorites. Ah. But, so they go to they get to the tree line, most of them do, and him and... <laughs> and they start getting in it again, him and uh, Diaz... And yeah, this time, like Liam Neeson does put the beat down on him and gets his like makes him tap out. Get up. Come on. Get up, you big Irish fuck. You want to knock him up? Come on. Come on. We don't get like the fuck off. Hey, yes, Shut, up. Shut up. You chicken shits make me sick. Son of a bitch. You got that kid Flannery killed and you're not going to get me killed. Put your fucking hands up. I'm going to show you how this is done. Put your fucking hands up. Oh, you motherfucker! Cut this shit out. Do you hear me? With his own knife. Yeah, and then Diaz, right when Diaz starts apologizing, it's kind of this emotional moment. The wolf just, like a smaller wolf, just springs out of nowhere. Another huge jump scare. Man, now we're going out of out of turn for deaths. But, yeah, because um, Liam Neeson goes super MacGyver on everybody. I got shotgun shells. I'm making spears. If you <laughs> shove the spear in the wolf, the shotgun shelf will go off. It's a boomstick. This is what it's come down to, huh? This MacGyver bullshit. And that's when they uh, kill the wolf with the boomsticks. But the Omega before wolf. all this hat, yeah, the weakest out of all these giant ass <laughs> terrifying wolves. Earlier in this movie, Joe Anderson's character Flannery has a bum leg. And they're trudging through this blizzard-ass British Columbia Canadian snow trying to get to these trees. Which, by the way, none of this was CGI. Is that not terrifying? Really? They shot this on... Oh, this is real? The weather was all real. Oh, I thought you meant the wolves, dog. Yeah, that would suck. No, not the wolves. Yeah, it was was sub-zero every day. And Liam Neeson described it as a living hell. Jeez. So take that, Leonardo DiCaprio. You ain't got shit on Liam. But shut the fuck up! I said, tell him where it is. Tell him where it is now. Tell him. Flannery's character with the bum legs falling behind as they're trying to get to these trees, and he's way behind, way, way, way behind. Cussing at him. Yeah, and these wolves come out of nowhere. Josh, this is your favorite kill. I think it's. It's one of my top deaths because of how unexpected I thought it was Flannery dying. He was kind of introduced first to Liam Neeson, and they had like you thought he'd probably make it with like Neeson to the yeah, end. Yeah, I thought he'd be one of the last two or three. Yeah, did you not? Yeah, I thought it's typically like kind of like the Weasley annoying characters that grow on you throughout a movie that make it far. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that ended it's up like being characters a like he never had that, a chance like, to grow. That squeak by. <laughs> And he gets torn apart. What is there, like six wolves on him? Six wolves on his face. They go straight for his face. I remember that. And for some ridiculous reason, Liam Neeson and the five that are left now um, run back to him. No saving him. For some weird reason, the wolves run away. Yada, yada, yada. Diaz gets attacked. They kill a wolf. They eat the wolf. Would you guys eat wolf? I think I would in that situation. Yeah, I'd imagine I'd be pretty hungry, but I have to imagine there's like rabies or something in that. Yeah. 
you'd have to think. I you mean, get, I, I think you'd get you sick. You'd get some disease. Yeah. Didn't he say to like He's char super it? Gamey. He said like char it as black as you can or something. Yeah, just to pretty much fry out all the bacteria. Yeah, and I think part of the eating it was he he mentioned protein would be really important, but also that uh, it was like a intimidation tactic on the wolves. Like, yeah, you might eat us, but we can eat you too. Let's get a large brunch. Sharpen the end of it. Shove it up this thing's ass. We're gonna cook this son of a bitch. And then we're going to eat it. And then Diaz goes like full ape shit overboard and like cuts the wolf's head off with a knife, tosses it in the woods. Yeah. I mean, this is probably why Diaz went to jail for probably some really crazy domestic issue, I think. Really? <laughs> How'd you guys like that tattoo that said no moss on his neck? Was that reveal after Liam Neeson said no moss to him? Because <laughs> that's the first time I noticed it. I saw it when he was on the plane. It was like the first thing I noticed when he was on the plane was that tattoo that said no moss. What a weird tattoo. There's got to be a story behind Just, it. It's all about the character, <laughs> yeah. man. Diaz is a crazy cat. The other but, side of his uh, neck says like, run for the border, Taco Bell. It's too bad like people had to die, but when they're eating this wolf, it it's is like the first, I want to call it the first time, but this is like the real time that everybody's kind of banding together. And not everybody hates each other. And they're kind of, they want to work as a team now. Yeah. I, and I think that's like their group mirroring the wolf pack because like the alpha was established quite clearly at that, like right before that. Oh, good point. And so now there's like balance and like Diaz has fallen in line. So he was the Omega, but now he's a part of the pack. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the five start trudging through the woods even more. Uh, they make it to another night where, unfortunately, our dude from uh, Game of Thrones is starting to lose his damn mind. Mikey, do you remember this part? Yeah, he's got uh, what did what did Liam Neeson call it? Winter madness it or something? Just he just like got way too cold and lost his mind. And then uh, they try to calm him down, and then they all go to sleep, and then he just In never wakes up again. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I- he was probably sick at that point or something. I think he kind of had a lung problem because of the altitude. He was like coughing f- for a yeah. bunch of the movie. That is a good point. Uh, he was also talking about seeing his sister and tell her I'm here. And this is like, okay, he's not going to make it much longer. Uh, one of the parts I laughed the hardest at throughout this movie was like when they all go to sleep. It wasn't funny, but... I just had to laugh at it just because I picture Liam Neeson screaming at someone <laughs> when he's trying to wake Burke up and you really can't tell what he's saying because of the blizzard, but all I can hear is, get up, you dumb bastard! Wake the fuck up! Just, <laughs> just Liam Neeson shaking him. It was such it was such a funny like camera movement because it shows this log and like four dudes huddled behind it just shivering and covering up as much as they can. And then it pans over to Burke, who's just <laughs> sleeping in the wide open blizzard, just getting blasted. <laughs> Liam Neeson, wake up, you dumb bastard! He just oh, rolled just, a little too much during the middle of the night and was just super exposed. Right, and this is kind of like the bleakness of the movie comes in, because Liam Neeson, starting out this movie, had no care for any of these people. 
And just as he's starting to become like, you know, they're starting to become like kind of this weird family. He's starting to lose them left and right. And you can definitely tell it's driving him nuts. And what I also thought was funny. It's all for part ca- of his plan. What I also thought was funny The longer funny they for stay alive, the more bait he has for wolves. <laughs> <laughs> what I thought was funny for character was those guys are huddled underneath the log. Dermot Mulroney's character, Talget, was at the very front just getting blasted by snow. And Diaz has his face curled up in his back so he doesn't have to get hit by snow. I just have to laugh at little stuff like that because that's something like Diaz's character would, Frank Grillo's character would do. So now we're down to four. The Liam Neesons, John Otway, uh, Frank Grillo's Diaz, Dermot Mulroney's Talget, and probably my least favorite character, um... Dallas Roberts as Henrik. And at this point in the movie, uh, you really start to understand, like, oh, I'm just guessing who's going to last the longest with Liam Neeson. Right. You know, like, is he going to be able to save any of them or himself? Like, this makes it really clear, like, okay, it's going down one by one. Maybe one or two will remain at the end. Yeah, and it's um, it kind of does do that. I wouldn't call it a horror story trope, but it definitely does do that one by one type thing, where just as you're getting to know the characters, one by one they fall, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. the wolves are on their tails, and they come to a cliff. Um, <laughs> what would you guys rather prefer? Would you guys rather prefer like the zip line crawl across or the jump? Uh I think I'd jump. I think I, think I would I'd jump just too. Jump. <laughs> just jump and try to catch on, jump onto something. Yeah, I mean, someone's got to do it. So, the first guy has to do it. And Henrik, and man, if, he he flew. You don't like Henrik? I do. It's just um, I actually ended up liking him a ton when his death like took the most emotional toll on. On uh, Liam Neeson, Ooh. but we'll get to that. Yeah, in a sec. who's skipping deaths now? I know that was my fault. I had to recover for saying I didn't like Henrik. It's just <sighs> kind of wish Diaz would have made it with him to the end. But That's, okay, um, yeah, let's get to that in a little bit because I have similar thoughts. But so Henrik does the jump. Everybody else crawls across, and now it's down to Dermot Mulroney, Dirty Steve, Wayland Utani's own Talget to crawl across <laughs> with a bum hand, boots that are too big to crawl, and he loses his glasses halfway across. And you know, this is just, you know when he's only made it like 10 feet out, this is where Talget dies. And I take that back about Hernandez having the worst death. Dermot Mulroney by far has the worst death out of any character. What do you mean by worst? Like most, so, when he most loses pain, his glasses. Most painful or scary? Oh, most painful by far. Painful, scary, all the above. <laughs> so, when you when he loses his glasses, you're just like, oh no, he's dead. <laughs> he's not gonna make it. There's the omen there's we were no looking change. for. You know what's you cool know. about yeah. his death too is like, there's so many little like hints about how he'll die. Like his oh his hands injured, so that's gonna cause it, and oh his foot stuck, so that's gonna cause it, and he drops his glasses. But no, it's just like the whole thing rips randomly. Well, doesn't his boot like cause it? I thought it ripped at the back, so he just... I thought a part of his boot, like, maybe... Yeah, you're right. Could be... Uh, yeah, because he would have to... End. Oh, sorry. His hand was, like, the main thing they were, like, hinting at, and it didn't end up being that, so it was, like, 
another jump scare right. kind of when it rips. Yeah, earlier in the movie, he tried boomsticking the wolf, and the wolf pretty much smashed that that stick right back into his hand. Yeah, it looked rather painful. But anyway, this uh, this makeshift line rips, and he goes a solid hundred miles an hour, hits a tree <laughs> square on, like like at least a ten foot round tree, smashes it, hits every branch <laughs> that the tree ever grew a hundred feet on the way down. Upside down, hits the bottom. On the side. Yeah, hits the bottom. He lives, spitting up blood, and then oh yeah, five wolves are coming to tear him apart. This haunted me because they made him hallucinate and see his like little daughter, who happens mm-hmm. to be around like my daughter's age, and she just does this Aww. like really cute thing with him. And I was like, that's just not fair that they're like doing that. Another example of like this movie kind of trying to like I don't want to get too into it right now but like it's not really embracing the type of movie it is at some points with these like fantastical deaths it it tries to get like Mikey said a little true introspective on each one hmm. like, too sad I don't want to be sad well I think it's cause all of these people are kind of dirtbags yeah. And then uh, before they die, you kind of realize that maybe they aren't all so bad. I mean, he doesn't even realize he's being eaten by wolves. Like, all he does is see his dog. Yeah, he's, like, checked yeah, out. Yeah, I think the best thing to happen to him was that he got smashed. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's pretty much I dead. think that was a symbol of, like, death, like, embracing him. Patel gets being eaten, and Diaz, on the way down, has a branch break from under him. He, I imagine, breaks an ankle or at least breaks a leg. Wouldn't you guys take that from he it? He said his knee. I, I don't know. <clears throat> a like a leg injury that it can still walk on, but super painful. Let's just put it that way. As someone who's walked around for two weeks on a broken leg, I can tell you it is not fun. And if <laughs> it's I, possible to if walk I was, on a broken leg, I didn't even know that was possible. Dude, broken this leg, broken it. ankle. What? Walked on it for two weeks. <laughs> I was misdiagnosed. Family of nurses. Family of nurses. <laughs> Family of nurses. Need to get those. Married to a nurse, was birthed by a nurse, brother to a nurse. All told me to quit being a baby. You need to get one of those sky nurses to look at it next time. <laughs> one of the trusty sky nurses who aren't being eaten by wolves. Uh, so it's Henrik, it's Liam Neeson's that way, and Diaz trudging it. And this is where I think the camera work is really pretty. Some of these shots in this movie just look amazing with the snow coming down. And they look like they are walking forever. And they kind of come to this cove area where it doesn't look as cold. It's kind of like the snow is melting a little bit. Almost kind of like a beach. Down by a river. Yeah, I mean, right down by a beach. And this is like when Diaz is like, well, I've, I've had a good life. Close to the equator. Diaz, I, I don't I don't know what happened to Diaz, but he seems like he had the most peaceful of all deaths. I really liked his character arc and like how he was like such a turd and like afraid of embracing what was actually happening to like ultimately like embracing it the hardest at the end. Isn't it like panning away from him or it's like zooming away from him and I swear to god there's like uh you can hear wolves or something oh yeah probably I think before it like cuts away or something they kind of do a little trick where it, you maybe hear a little bit of snarling or is it wind is that like a 
twig yeah. cracking or is that just yeah. like the blizzard? I think it's definitely supposed to be like he looks like he's getting a peaceful death, but off screen maybe a little more brutal. He probably got it terrible, yeah. Especially if the wolves chased him in the water. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. My first name is John. My first name is Pete. Pete. You look like a Pete. <laughs> I think we both had the same thought that Diaz was a much more interesting character than Henrik and should have been the guy yeah. to live last with Liam Neeson. And um, Henrik was kind of the flattest character and lives till the end. And like, I think that would have made that emotional resonance like so much more if it was a character you had grown to know more like Diaz that had drowned. Well, I think there's a reason why they did that and the way they killed Henrik. Yeah, I love Diaz's arc, though. He just... Uh, they really come together at the end. You could definitely tell that Liam Neeson and Henrik want him to continue on, and we're in the beginning where they couldn't even stand him. John, Hardway. <laughs> of course, that's your name. Thank you, John. And... I love that reveal of uh, Diaz's name being John and Otway's name being John. I know if Pappy were on this, he'd be screaming, get it. You get it? You get it? There's two arcs, you get it? Why do you like that in this movie, but in Duck, you sucker? Oh, that's like blah, 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 blah. Even though this movie copied Duck, you sucker, obviously. I don't think any movie has ever copied Duck, you sucker, Josh. Take that out of your mouth. John and John. A Mexican and an American? Sean, Sean, Sean. Or I guess it- no, I didn't get mad at the Juan and the John. I got mad at the Sean Shans. <laughs> That's what I got mad I got mad at the damn song named after a character that he was gay with. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's I'm why sorry. I was mad. This isn't about Ducky Sucker or Young Guns. This pot isn't. I'm sorry. A little bit. It's a l- little bit about both. <laughs> but, um... So, uh... Henrik and, and uh, Liam Neeson follow the river down, and this is when the wolves are like, let's screw with these guys and see how badly they want to live. And <laughs> Henrik, in sub-zero temperatures, jumps into water. Oof. Like a champion. <laughs> and, I mean, Liam Neeson has a heart of gold because I would have let Henrik just go down that river all the way he wanted. I've been like, deuces. Like, we had a good run, but I am not <laughs> jumping in that water. Like, not the way I want to go. And Liam Neeson's like, Henrik, you silly bastard. And he just jumps in over him. Uh, on the way through, Henrik's foot gets caught in between, like, these rocks. And this is where I thought, like, this is the death that I thought broke Liam Neeson's Otway. Because it mirrored his wife's death so much. Because Liam Neeson just thought it was so simple. Like, you know, you're underwater, like... I'm picking you up as hard as I can. Why won't you come up? Like, what's wrong here? Like, I'm trying my hardest here. Why aren't you coming up? And there was nothing he could do, which was pretty much like, uh, it pretty much mirrored his wife's wife's death of like a terminal illness. That's the way I took it, at least. How does it mirror it? Because he couldn't like try to help his wife in a similar way. I think like he was trying to hold on to her in the worst way when he realized there was nothing like, but in the end, there was nothing he could do. I guess I see that. Mikey, what did you think about it being like just his boot was stuck? Like that's I feel like that's a movie 
cliche. Lose the boot. Yeah, can you pull it out of the boot? Or Take off that boot. Can you pull the boot back out the way it came in? Dude, if those boots are tied ankle high, you're not getting those things off. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I assumed his ankle got twisted or something up in there. I imagine he injured it, but it was just like super frustrating because his mouth is like literally like an inch away from the surface of the water and he he can't do anything about it. So that'd be a terrible way to go. Just he was so close. So close. Yeah. (laughs) I got to think that you would like, honestly, how that water was so cold. I don't even think you're drowning. I think you're just like going to go into shock. I think my body immediately gone into shock. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would have gone full Titanic and just turned blue immediately. <laughs> it wouldn't have been close. I'd be like, all right, 30 seconds, I'm done. Turn blue, go Leo. Just... He might have had the best death then if he just kind of Drowning and not getting eaten by wolves? Drowning was horrifying. It took a while, too. Ugh. Yeah, especially when he was like trying to pump air back into him and stuff. So it doesn't work, and Liam Neeson at this point kind of is a broken loses man. his mind and like looks up at the sky. <laughs> well, he's an atheist shouting at at a god he wants to reveal himself. Freak, fraudulent motherfucker! Do something! Come on, prove it! Fuck faith, earn it! Show me something real. Old man yells at Cloud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. He um he's pretty much screaming at God to reveal himself. Give him any sense of sign and he'll believe. Um And at this point, is this when the wolves reveal themselves in the den? I think this is when he no, no, no. First, he has to, like, make a little funeral pyre with the wallets for, like, 15 minutes. Yeah. Which you didn't like. No, it's just boring. I mean, it's just trying to pull tears out of you. I mean, this movie's two hours. They could have slimmed this up a little bit. Probably a little bit. But um, he trudges through the snow some more. And this is when we get the big reveal um, after he's done doing the whole wallets thing that uh, his wife was terminally ill. So you didn't find this uh, effective, Josh? I think emotionally it did affect, but I was thinking about it. I just don't know why that was the choice they made when it was already heartbreaking enough that clearly this was the love of his life and he lost her. This is... I think this a lot of this movie can be summed up in like just trying to put salt in an opened wound and it's like what they do in this movie over and over again like it's not enough that Dermot Mulroney's character hits every tree and falls a (laughs) hundred feet to his death he has to have like a creepy vision of his daughter and get his stomach ripped open by a bunch of wolves like it's not enough that you know Liam Neeson's wife left him and is out there with someone else but no she had to like die in a horrifying haunting way well, too it also explains like his life choices though like his wife's death sent him on like this journey that he's on I guess I mean I just bought that he was kind of a loner asshole I, I didn't need much more than that 
You thought he was divorced? Yeah, or just she up and left, or he just couldn't find her anymore, or he did something violent, so she... I I, I don't know. I I liked that it was open for interpretation. I like the terminally ill part, just for the fact that, I mean, that would be terrible to obviously lose the love of your life, which I think, I mean... Liam Neeson probably can draw a lot from personal experience with the death of his wife, like going into this movie. Yeah, I'm sure this is a real fun time for him, being all freaking cold. I'm not calling it a fun time for. I'm just saying, like movies are supposed to be fun. That's his wife died tragically. I know, and that's part of. He could probably draw on a lot of personal experience. I know we're not in yes or no's yet, but that's just one of my biggest complaints of this movie. Like, it's a this movie could is a lot like the movie Predator. And it could be really fun like that, but instead it chooses to go like the sad route at, at every chance it can. The sad, introspective, bleak route. And I know it's called the gray, so get it? Yeah, it's not called the colors. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's just part of my biggest complaint, is that it chose to go sad instead of fun in a lot of places where it could have done that. Gotcha, gotcha. After that reveal... The Alpha presents himself to Liam, which prompts him to do what, Mikey? Uh, he uh, kind of recites a poem to himself that his dad wrote. Which we will um, play now. Once more into the fray. To the last confine I'll ever know. Beautiful, beautiful. Amazing. Go ahead, Mikey. All these tiny bottles from uh, the airplane, these little whiskey bottles or whatever, and he tapes them up around his hands, and he has, like, and then he smashes them over rocks. So he's got basically the crudest uh, bare-knuckle boxing (laughs) uh, apparatus you can get, and then he uh, just kind of pumps himself up, and then he's getting ready to fight this wolf. It's a really uh, intense scene. And it cuts, like, right when he makes a charge. Yeah. And that's the end of the movie, which I didn't realize that people were pissed about that. I love that ending. What do you guys think? Well, wait. There's a scene after the credits. We will get there. Okay. But initially, what do you guys think of that? I thought it was a great ending. I was jacked. Yeah, I thought yeah, it was like, awesome. I loved it. I went on... I, I, like, went on Reddit and typed in the gray, and there's, like, this 200 comment section of just how like people felt duped by the marketing of how they thought they were going to get a fight between a wolf and Liam Neeson and how pissed they were that it cut before <laughs> they got there. It's like, I think that's a beautiful ending. He fought plenty of wolves throughout. And I mean, yeah. the ending, you can imagine what would happen. Like, they're both going to die, obviously. And like, going back to what I was saying a second ago, this was like one of the very few parts of the movie where it did feel like that just like no holds barred go nuts mm-hmm. that was the that was the fun choice i wanted him to smash i mean i don't think they usually serve those in glass uh single servings on planes i think they're usually plastic but nope. they're glass yep. they're glass here and he smashed in alaska they do it differently <laughs> josh this is like a an irish move i think too he's like taping his hands up like it's so classic i love it savored it yeah and so josh what does happen in that after the credit scene oh the after credit scene i didn't know about it i read about it and i was like pumped 
and it's like two and a half seconds long. It shows like the stomach of a wolf breathing. It's seriously so short. It's like two With seconds. With Liam Neeson on top of him. It's similar to the first wolf that he kills in the beginning of the movie where he snipes it. Wait, wait, wait. Liam, uh, it shows like a wide shot of Liam Neeson on top of him? Yeah. Whoa, in the version I saw it. His head's like laying. Yeah. He's like laying his head back on the wolf's yeah. stomach. Oh, the the version I saw it just showed the wolf's stomach for like two seconds. Nah, well, yeah, it's kind of like the stomach of him dying as well as... It also leaves it ambiguous again because Liam Neeson, I gotta imagine, is dying as well. So it's both alphas. It's both alphas dying together. Yeah, and even if he didn't die there, he's in. He just was in a river. He's in sub-zero conditions, no food, surrounded by fifty. He's gonna die. Yeah, soon. fifty wolves are surround. Like he's dead. Yeah, but that is the movie. Um, do you guys have anything else to add before we get into yes or no's? No, I'll just save it for the yes or no. The only thing I'll say is, do you guys ever look at this movie as maybe being outside of reality? I've only seen it once. But Would you ever look at it to like uh, as maybe Liam Neeson did kill himself and maybe it's his journey through hell? I mean... Yeah. Oh, you mean he killed himself at the beginning of the movie? At the very beginning he killed himself and like... That's his, like, descent into hell. That would kind of make sense with him hearing those wolf sounds, like, right when he's about to do it. like Right, and especially with, like, how crazy the wolves looked. They almost looked like monsters instead of actually, like, wolves. Yeah. Yeah, they did look crazy. I think that's just a different way of looking at it. I think it's also a fun way of looking at it. If you do, if you want to look at it outside of, like, a reality sense, that's the way I would do it. Yeah, there's a really famous poem, An Occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge, where a dude is, like, getting hung and like when he's getting hung the noose snaps and he like escapes into the river and he swims to the shore is that when he sees clowns in the woods no 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 and like they're shooting at him and like bullets are whizzing by him and he makes it to a field and he's like he escapes the dogs and then like the very end of it is like he actually dies at the end of the rope so yeah i mean this could that's like one way i would look at this movie is much like that yeah like this is it's either his journey through kind hell like that, or like this. That plane is like his carryover into hell and like off the plane is his like much further descent into it. So that's, mm. I guess that's the way I would look at it. But that's just another way of doing it. Um, yes or no's. Let's go to Mikey. Uh, yeah, this is a hard Yes. Uh, I remember watching this in the theater. Was, this movie came out in 2011, I think. 2012, and, uh, January 2012. Uh, t- uh, yeah, I think the only other movie I saw that year that I liked more than this was Drive. Oh, that is so a good movie. This was, this was super high up there for me during that time. I liked all of it. I mean, it had jump scares, and I know sometimes we're not the biggest fan of jump scares on here, but... I thought these were really well done. I love the way the wolves looked. I like the whole cast, actually. I can't complain yeah. about anybody in this movie. The kind of like introspective parts with Liam Neeson and his wife, I thought those were some of the some of the more interesting aspects of the movie. You don't really know what's going on with him and his wife. Like Josh said, maybe it's a little too bleak uh, that she has a terminal illness, uh, but I don't know. It's definitely not. It's not a feel-good movie, but I think uh, 
you go through this whole two hours and then you get that last scene and I don't know it just makes you feel it's like the ultimate survivor movie it just makes you feel so jacked at the end when he's he's breaking those bottles and oh, stuff yeah. I don't know it was so awesome I was so pumped in the theater when I saw especially it especially when he's time. like reciting that poem yeah I loved the movie the the very very last scene um I think I don't know people really complained about that by not seeing him fist fight a wolf but you get into the practical effects of the CGI or whatever these wolves were they looked great throughout the entire movie and I think you're really setting yourself for failure in that last scene if you have him go and fist fight a wolf a CGI wolf I think uh <laughs> you could end up with just a really mediocre scene and it could ruin the whole experience so I'm not angry with the ending at all I loved it and this is a big yes for me George uh, I gave a lot of what I thought earlier so I, I want to give my yes or no pretty quick here um movie chooses sadness a little too much for me i think there's enough sadness in real life i don't need to watch sadness in movies too that's where i kind of come down on that but like this movie had so many cool parts i think it did draw some from from some classic literature i don't know if it's drawing from occurrence at owl creek bridge but i think like to build a fire there's a couple references of like um trying to build a fire in the snow and it's like a classic man versus wilderness story um, is that the movie where he uh, he like walks out and like he tries to put his hands in his dog but like his hands are so frozen he can't like cut it open he can't do anything at the end he's like yeah I remember that that's a great story yeah and I do think that this is a very good story they tell so ultimately that saves it despite all the sadness um, I would have just preferred a funner movie, but um, if you're looking for a pretty cool survival tale, it's a good movie. I'll give it like a, a soft, but yet Tim Burton striped dong flaccid yes. Um, <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. I think that even Game of Thrones took a little bit what they did with the wolves and and even though like this movie came before it, I, I think they did some things better with the wolves and the CGI like when you see them off in the distance and just how like ominous they are throughout the movie it's pretty cool and yep it, it's a yes for me good movie nice obviously I picked this movie this is a hard yes for me this is actually a comfort movie for me weirdly sometimes if I'm just bored and want to have a movie on I'll just put on the gray because that's how much I like it uh, one aspect I wish we talked about more that I think is amazing is the uh, score. This movie has a brilliant score, and it matches up with the yeah, movie. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, it's one of the scores perfectly. that you don't... Uh, it's good because you don't notice it outright. You know what I mean? It's very subtle but effective. Right. That end of the fray poem always gives me the feel, especially when he's taping up his, bo- taping up, uh, his uh, Eddie bottle hands. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, just it's probably my favorite Liam Neeson movie. And I love a lot of his movies. He's just an awesome actor. So uh, hard yes for me, and I'm so pumped we got to watch and discuss it. Um, you boys ready for trivia? Let's do it. Yes. 
This has to do with wolves. Uh, this is as close as to you can go over and be way under. Just don't... You know, I'm going to say this right now. Don't do the one up, one above, or one below the other person says. It's a really <laughs> ch- chicken shit thing to do. Say what you think is Who real. Who are you calling out right now? <laughs> Pappy. It's very I shrewd. I hate that so much. So I'll say that. Just say what you think is real. The world record for a hunted wolf weighs how much? So, George, go first. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I did. I was looking up what an omega wolf was earlier, so I got a little bit of knowledge here. Um, yeah, so it's going to be one of those smaller ones. Um, I think big wolves can literally come up to, like, a man's shoulder. I'm going to go maybe overboard here. Mikey can be the judge of that. But for some reason, I'm thinking 1,111 pounds. (laughs) One, 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 one. (laughs) That's a bear. Dude, that's bigger than a bear. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go under. Uh, I'm going to go 250. I imagine a bear, a wolf is can be as tall as a human, and I weigh like one seventy on a good day. Two hundred and thirty-five pounds is the world record for a hunted. What, wolf. dude? That Man, is I've huge, been, Josh. I've been watching. I've been watching too much That's Game of Thrones. Yeah. Eleven hundred pounds. Good God. That's a Volkswagen. My wife is dying laughing right now because she asked how stupid is Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, guys, thanks. <laughs> I'm just kidding with you. No, if that thing if that thing was walking around, we'd all be fucked. <laughs> Everybody on Earth, Dude, we would we would bow That's a to shark that wolf. On land. Weren't dire wolves like a real thing back in the day? Way back in the day, that thing would be president. That thing would uh, be president. that thing would be president of the United States. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, 1,100 pounds. That's a car. <laughs> I told you I was going overboard. <laughs> what do you want me to say? <laughs> Selling the new Toyota Grey Wolf. Mikey, you you didn't want to watch the movie I was going to pick anyway, so this is for the better. What were you going to pick, Josh? I'm not going to say. We must know. After you gave that answer, we must know what you were going to pick. It was a Star Wars movie. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> All right. Before Let's let Money uh, think about what he's going to pick for next week. And uh, let's send it off to Spoilers Man. Wait, 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 wait. Josh has something to say. Mike, uh, Pappy had a call-in. Paps had a call-in? Yeah. What? I don't know that. Yeah, let's toss to that Pap. Pap? Yeah, he he was calling for a yes or no. Can we actually re-record that? Can you just say, like, instead of tossing to Spoiler Man, like you were just tossed to Pappy? Like, I, or something? I don't know. What do you guys want to do? We're three, in a commercial break two, right now. One. And before we toss it over to spoilers, man, we actually have a call-in from our usual host who is on vacation right now. The Pat Father. The Pat Father himself is calling in for this movie. So let's kick it over to him and see what he has to say. Mm, yeah, very, very interesting. Mm, interesting. Job, Pat. Thank you yeah. for your honesty. Mm. Uh, 
Now we can kick it over to Spoilers Man. Twitter. Unicorns? <laughs> if you enjoyed what you heard today, subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. Please don't forget to leave us a review by searching for Movie Spoilers, clicking on the cereal bowl, select the Reviews tab, and leave us some stars and some words. All right, Money, what do you got for us? What are we watching next week? I feel like we've seen too many good movies, so I'm going to choose a uh, bad movie. Yes. Um, it's a movie I still enjoy watching. Uh, it's got Nick Cage. Oh, yes. It's got John Travolta. Yes! It's got faces that come <laughs> off. It's face yes! off. Yes! God, I love uh, that movie. I'm so pumped to watch that. I didn't think that was how you said the title of that movie. Face backslash off. No, I thought you were just supposed to put like a super long pause. Face <laughs> off. off. <laughs> <laughs> there, oh, there we go. We are. I am so looking forward to watching Face Off. Pumped. Well, thank you for listening today. Uh, <laughs> had a great time talking about uh, the Gray with the Liam Neesons. And uh, as usual, this was spoilers. Biggest kick, and you said love a hundred pounds. What am I on fucking speakerphone here? <laughs> Lauren, Lauren goes, that's bigger than a bear. Eleven hundred and eleven pounds. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs>